0: Can you believe what tomorrow's going to be, 2024? So, okay, I have a question. How many of you are ready for 2024? Raise your hands. All right. Well, at 8 o'clock service, they were too. So I am so excited to hear that and to see that, and I am so thankful for each one of you. Our women's team always pick a word or a verse for the year, and my word that God has given me this year is the word time. And the first verse that you think of is Ecclesiastics, but there's like 25 verses on time. And you know what? I don't have time to share it all with you today. <laughs> I'll share it with you next year. <laughs> if this is your first time coming, or you've been coming a while, we'd love to get to know you. and We can uh, connect with you either out in the atrium, or you can text the phone number, connect to four six nine zero four four six one sixty nine hundred, or the barcode should be right up there. You can just open your cell phone pictures and take a picture of it, and it'll take you right down to the drop-down menu. And that will take you to the bulletin, to prayer request, and to so many other things that you might want to check out this week. Just a few announcements I'd like to share with you this morning. Uh, January the 17th is our midweek ministry kickoff. We do that every semester. We will be kicking off um, our kids' praise, our youth, our women's Bible studies, our men's Bible studies, and also our dinners will start again at 5 o'clock. So I encourage you, uh, if you're not plugged in somewhere on Wednesday night, we'd love to have you ladies, and I know the guys in Bible study. And also, if you'd like to volunteer for our children, we'd love that and for our youth. That would be awesome as well. The other thing I'd like to mention is our men's ministry will be having an event on February the 3rd, so check that out. Now, again, in your digital bulletin, we don't have a bulletin this morning with that in there, but you can go to the digital bulletin, the uh, 904-461, what is it, 6900, and that will take you there, and you can check that out. Also, our King's Brass concert is coming up on Thursday the 25th at 6 p.m., and Kevin is going to share the information with you.
1: How many of you One, two. Cool. (laughs) Um, King's Brass. Tim Zimmerman. um, King's Brass is a Christian brass ensemble that travels. They um, mainly travel up north through the summer for obvious reasons. It's not as hot up there as it is down here. They come down to uh, Florida for the month of January for obvious reasons. It's not as cold as it is up there. Um, But... Uh, they've been traveling together for 45 years. Uh, I've known Tim Zimmerman for 30 of those 45 years, um, have done uh, a lot of his music and uh, his arrangements, uh, but they will be uh, giving a concert here Thursday, January 25th at 6 p.m. Uh, it, is, it is family friendly. There are a couple of kids skits that are part of it as well, um, but they, they really are extremely very good at what they do. Um, and the music will be uh, a wide range of Christian and Americana. So there are hymn arrangements, there are some new praise and worship arrangements, as well as, um, as, well as Americana, American um, traditional things. So I would, this is just my way of saying save the date, um, and more information will, will come f- uh, about that for you. Uh, if you care to, you can go to www.kingsbrass.org. And uh, you can find more information there, um, some videos, those kinds of things, just to kind of see uh, what they do. But we would strongly encourage you uh, to be a part of that. It's, the concert is free, there will be a free will offering, um, but that is again coming up January 25th. So it's right around the corner, unfortunately. But uh, the year is moving on, and we're not even out into the new one yet. So let's turn our attention to our scripture reading through this morning. Who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should gain desire of him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering, like one whom men hide their faces. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed we all like sheep have gone astray each of us has turned to his own way and the lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all stand with me please let's sing together
2: Lord, with the living word that should set thy children free, but with my
1: comes
3: good morning we're so glad you're here and we're so thankful for the generosity that you've shown this year Um, and in return I'm going to be really generous to you if on your way out you go out the north or the south atrium and you see these red poinsettias outside the door they are real poinsettias and I would be most grateful if you would take them home if they if they go away, I don't have to make them disappear. So I'm just I'll just be glad if you would do that. We had uh, a forty thousand um, dollar goal for uh, Lottie Moon, and we had forty thousand two hundred twenty dollars and three cents as of last week. <laughs> we, we thank you so much. We've had some really really generous giving in the four G campaign in the last few weeks that have have really helped us get closer to our goal. We still have a, quite a large hill to climb before the um, the buildings get finished this next year, but they will be done in 2024. We can almost guarantee that, and uh, we'll be really grateful when that happens. So we just want to thank you for your generosity and thank you for this, this wonderful year, and we hope everyone has a magnificent 2024. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for this day. Father, we thank you for the year that is gone, and we thank you for the year that is to come. Father, we thank you for the the gift of your son, Father, and our salvation. Father, we thank you for the the generosity that's been shown by our congregation. Father, we thank you for the generous gifts that you have given to us. Father, we just pray as we move forward that we will remain firmly within your will. Father, we know that we love you, we praise you, we worship you, and we just want to give all things to you. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.
1: Well, as we look to the ending of a year and we look to the beginning of a new year, um, I started out really specifically, it seems maybe a little bit odd to be reading scripture about Christ's crucifixion, yet he came for the purpose of dying for our sin. And so as we turn to face the new year, maybe you don't know the Lord is your savior. Maybe you don't understand fully the debt that was paid for your salvation. This is the time uh, for us to present that to you again. Maybe you do know the Lord. Maybe this year has been a tough one. These songs that we're going to sing are designed to lead us in a direction where we put our faith and trust in him. Receive confidence in our Lord because he will hold us fast. You can trust the Lord because he is our guide, hope, and stay. So let's stand together, please, as we begin and as we we make that turn from what we celebrate as Christmas as we look to our new year with new hope, new vigor, new life. Sing
2: together. When I fear my faith will fail, Christ will hold. Me fast when the tempter would prevail, he would hold me fast. I could never keep my hold through fearful past. Justice has been satisfied, he will hold me fast. Raised with him to endless life, he will hold me fast.
1: seated. Please take a moment. Welcome one another here this morning.
4: Good morning, everybody. <coughs> Before we get started with our message, we want to, uh, to uh, pray for a mission team that we have leaving this week, going to France. Um, we've been working on building a church there. The International Mission Board is, uh, is building a church there. We are partnering with them, and we have, come on over here, guys. We have um, the Greers. This is Miss Lydia Greer, and Asa, her husband, are, going to, uh, are are going over to France with Kevin King and his entire family over here. So that's all right. You can talk to that. We've gone over there before. We're building a church there, and the church is not just like you put up a church and people come, right? So you got to connect with people, right? You got to connect with the community, and so they've done that before. They've gone over there working with the community there. There is a, a local pastor there that is a missionary there that is working to build this church. We're going over to a community festival, and um, all of them are going to be. Playing music and performing and connecting in the community, and as well as um, helping this, these local missionaries to build this church. So, a really exciting uh, mission trip that they're going to be going on, and we're sending them. We want to pray for them because they can do everything that they can do, but unless God does what God does, then, um, then this is just a, a fun trip, right? So, um, we need to pray that God will, will use them for his glory. So, um, will you, and oh, and we have a, a prayer guide as well. In the um, atrium, you can stop by their table in the atrium. This is going to lead you through praying for the ministry and while they're gone. So uh, if you want to grab one of those prayer guides, that would be great as well. So will you join me in prayer for our mission team? God, we love you and we thank you for this day. We thank you for um, this uh, group of our, of our people that are saying yes. Send us, use us, use our talent, use our time, use our treasure for your glory. God, we thank you for the blessing to be able to be used by you to build your kingdom, to um, reach people for your glory for, so that people will, who don't know you may have the hope of an eternity with you. Lord, we pray that you will go before them, that you will prepare hearts even now to hear the gospel, to make connections, to, uh, to build this church, that you will reach that community Lord, we pray that you will do what only you can do. That it will be unmistakable, undeniable. That you are involved. That you are working. That you want this to happen, and we want to be. Uh, we want to submit our will to yours. So, Lord, I pray that you will bless this team and bless them with traveling mercies. Get them there safely and bring them home safely. Lord, I pray that you would bless them with divine appointments, connections with people that where where, where they can make strong connections, be there at the right place at the right time to minister to people, not just to have, a, have good pictures to share afterwards, Lord, but, but to have real connections to move how you want us to move. Lord, I pray that you'll bless them and use them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you, guys. God bless y'all. Remember 2020, remember COVID, <clears throat> jobs lost, lockdowns. Remember going to the grocery store. It felt like the world was about to end. I mean, literally you walk in, the shelves were empty. Barely anybody's talking to anybody. It felt like like Armageddon or something like that. You know, remember that? Everything was empty and everybody was skeptical of everything. You didn't know what to believe, who to believe. Well, I heard this. Well, I heard that. Did you see this on this? You didn't know what was going on. Everybody was judging everybody else. We didn't shake hands. Maybe some of you never stopped, right? But a lot of people, they were like, you didn't even want to shake hands or give a hug. I had a friend of mine come into town from, uh, from Canada and they were really locked down. And um, I was like, hey, Rick, it's so good to see you. I gave him a big hug. He's like, whoa, 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 can we do that? And I was like, Hey, yeah, we're in Florida, man. It's the land of the free. <laughs> you can totally do that all day long, right? We didn't invite them to our to our homes, and we kind of stopped a lot of that community. They tried to shut down our churches, and they did in a lot of places. Um, but uh, I have a friend who was uh, who was who would go to gro- go to the grocery store and he would bring all of his groceries, and he would like wipe them down with Clorox wipes, leave them sitting on the on the counter so that they the, the would kill all the bacteria and all the germs and everything. He was scared to put his groceries in the um, in in the in the refrigerator right away. And maybe that was you, and that's okay. It was okay for him. It was what he wanted to do to feel safe. It's all right. Um, remember the drive-by birthday parties? Like, you're not allowed to have people in your home, so we set up little signs out in the yard, and how of your friends come by and fling, like, gift cards and wave? Remember that? Like, I'm just gonna wave, like, hello, right? Happy birthday. Well, that was crazy, wasn't it? Um, what about this one? Okay, and I, and I saw this one just the other day. And if this is you, I'm not knocking it. I'm not knocking you. If you're online and you're watching, I'm not knocking it. I just don't understand this one. I still don't understand this one. Two days ago, I see a dude driving in his car by himself with a mask on. I don't get that one. I don't understand that one. I, I mean, if that's you, like, okay, but I, I, I would love a little bit. I, I'd love to understand that, that person. What's the reasoning behind that one? And then 2021 comes along, New Year's Day, 2021, and we're thinking, it's all going to be behind us, it's going to get a little better. And things started to get a little bit better, and we were like, I can't wait to get 2020 behind us, right? I can't wait to start a new year to see everything that 2021 has in store for us. Well, that's long gone now, right? And all of that's over as much, but we live in a different world now. Right, and 2023 is over, um, and, and, and so many people are looking around. and They're saying, "I'm glad 2023 is over, and um, I can't wait for 2024." And 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 churches all over today are preaching like sermons, like it's a brand new, brand new you, uh, you know, and and everything's going to be awesome, and and there's blessings in the storehouse for you. They're using verses like. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, that says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And And he does have plans to give us a hope and a future, right? And that's a good verse, but that has a lot of context there, and and, and God does want good things for us. They might be preaching messages from John chapter 10, 10, where Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy, but I have come to give you life and to give it to you abundantly, right? To give you that big life, and we love that verse because we want to experience the abundant life that God has for us, and God may be um, wanting that abundant life for you, and he does want that abundant life life for you. People are probably preaching from Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, that says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. We know that that's, in, in context, that Paul was talking about, um, I know what it's like to have little, and I know what it's like to have much, and I can do either one through Christ who gives me strength. And And you can get through anything with with Christ who gives you strength, and a, a great message um, about, about how God gives you strength, and he does, and you can get through those things, but 2023 hasn't been a pandemic kind of year, but it's been a rough year for a lot of people in a lot of ways. I met a guy just last week in the atrium on Christmas Eve. And I said, oh, Merry Christmas. And he turned and he looked at me. And this guy, he just, he said, I'm going through a lot right now. And he could bear he says, I can't say any more than that or else I'll lose it. And he he couldn't. He was going through it. He says, this is my first time. And he came to our church because he didn't know what else to do. And I've been there. When I walk in those atrium doors, and you just don't know what else to do. Maybe you've been there. Maybe it hasn't been a pandemic year, but it's a hard year for a lot of people. And I've been praying for that gentleman. He said he'll be back today. Um, hopefully he's, I haven't seen him. Maybe he's watching online. Maybe he's over in the other services, something like that. But I've been praying for him a lot. There's a lot of people going through a lot of stuff. 2024 is gonna be better, right? (laughs) It's gotta be, right? It's gotta go up. It's gotta be better. It's gotta get better. But what if things don't get better? What if it doesn't get better? What if, unbeknownst to us, in three months, the housing market completely just plummets? happened before. What if it happened again? It's not some sort of you know, prophes- prophetic kind of a message here or anything like that, but what if it happens? You know, we, We've enjoyed a lot of, of prosperity, especially here in Florida, right? I love living on the marsh. I, say, I live out over here on the marsh, and I say if you're, if you're quiet at night on the marsh, it's beautiful, and you listen, you can hear the value of your home going up. <laughs> it's kind of nice, isn't it, right? But what if it doesn't? What if things change? What if well, your marriage is on the rocks and what if it actually goes through divorce? What if that happens? What, despite your best efforts, what if the medical report comes back and it's not the news that you were looking for? It's happened for a lot of people this year. What if the cancer is malignant? What if it's spread? What if it's something that you were hoping it wouldn't be? And remember, this is an election year, right? You know, it's like, don't you love those? Don't you love the endless news cycle? Don't you love the, the idea of voter fraud, leftists being leftists, deplorables being deplorable, right? What if your candidate isn't elected this year? You kind of think, okay, it's, our turn, it's my turn for the candidate, my candidate to be elected. What if your candidate isn't even on the ballot this year? What if your friends judge you based on where you posted about a certain issue? All of a sudden, somebody you've known for 20 years now doesn't want to be your friend anymore. All of a sudden, all the conversations good gracious, right? It's, that's, ooh, it's a lot to, lot. what if it doesn't go your way? What if you get canceled by the people around you? And well, you might say, okay, well, that's more power to them. Or, I mean, it might hurt to have people that you, that you know and you love, So what does all of that possibility mean about God? What does that mean about your faith? If whatever happens, happens. What does that, uh, if God doesn't seem to show up for you in the way that you think he should, what does that mean? Does that mean you're alone? Does that mean that God doesn't care? about you? Does it mean that God is mad at you or he's punishing you? My last message was titled, if it's not good, God's not done. And you might've heard that. You might've remembered that. I've had a lot of people come to me in the hallways and say, if it's not good, God's not done. And I'm, you know, and I just, I, they wrote it down, they put it, they quoted it to me a bunch, and I've said that a whole bunch to myself as well. And you may look around, and you may feel inspired that God's not done working. You may look around and you may see that God's up to something, He's doing something. But when you're in the middle of something that's difficult, something that's hard, or when you're in the middle of where you can't see exactly what He's doing, and you don't know what the outcome is going to be, while you're trying to have strong faith, what does your faith actually look like? When it doesn't go quite like you expected, what does your faith look like? I want us to look at some scriptures today that will hopefully give us a good perspective no matter what 2024 looks like for you. Because I want to come up here and say, everything's going to be great and give us this great inspiring message, but, and it could be great for us. I got a message for that part too. But what if it's not? Either way, what should our faith look like? And maybe some of these verses will carry you through anything that this world can throw at you. So we open, we open your Bibles with me to Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3. And this is going to be kind of my launch pad scripture for this message. Daniel chapter 3. If you know this passage, it's about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three young Hebrew men that were in the courts of King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. Jerusalem was sacked by Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar comes in. The Jews are dispersed all over. Some of them stayed there in Babylon. And these guys were in the courts of the king. And they were given different names, they had different diets and all of that stuff and they were there to serve the king. The king set up this great big huge idol, this great big huge statue and he said, when all of the instruments play, everybody has to bow to the idol that was made in the likeness of King Nebuchadnezzar. And when all of the instruments played, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego who, who loved and respected and worshiped the God of Abraham, our God, they said, we will not bow and they didn't bow. And they got brought before the king. And he's like, all right, you got another shot here. You got to bow down. And so this is where we find this passage of scripture. Words are on the screen. I love it if you read it in your, in your Bible with me. But um, it's from Daniel chapter three. I'm going to do verses 16 through 18. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to give you an answer to this question. If the God we serve exists, then he can rescue us from the furnace of blazing fire. And he can rescue us from the power of you, the king. This is the key, this is the key phrase. Underline this in your Bible, highlight it or, or circle it. But even if he does not rescue us, we want you as king to know that we will not serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you've set up. Even if he doesn't, and that's the title of my message today. Even if he doesn't even if it doesn't go the way that you hope it would, what's your faith look like? Why did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego know that God could save them? They said, we believe that God can save us. They did not know. This is a story that we have the beginning, the middle, the end of it, right? We know how it turned out for them. They were in the middle of it. They didn't know how it was gonna go down. They had some serious guts to stand up there and say, they see that fire over there, and they stood there and said, we're not going to do it because we know that God can save us from that fire. It's crazy. They didn't know how it was going to go. Why did they believe that God could save them? And that's what I want to talk about a little bit today. The first thing that we know that they knew as in that point of history, they had seen Moses, they had seen Abraham, they had seen heard the stories of Noah, they, they had heard all the stories of King David and the kings and the judges and the, the all of the stories of God that we knew from the from the beginning of the Old Testament. And they knew from the scriptures that God is omnipotent. God is omnipotent. That means that God is all powerful, and He is unlimited. In his power. Not only is he unlimited, but he is unlimitable. That means that God cannot be limited. He is infinite in his time, space, knowledge, and power. He can do all things that can be done. They understood this. They knew this, that God had all power. In Jeremiah chapter 32, verses 26 and 27, it says, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah and said, look, I am the Lord God over every creature. Is there anything too difficult for me? There is nothing that God can't do. There is nothing too difficult for him. In Ephesians chapter three, verse 20, it says this, that he is able to do above and beyond all that we can hope or we can ask. We know that God is omnipotent. So just like they knew that God was all-powerful and could save them even from fire, we know that God has the power to do whatever he wants to do. The next thing that they knew is that God is omniscient. That means that God knows all things that can be known. God has access to all information. When we're in a, in, a, in a circumstance and we have to decide, do I do this or do I do this? We try to gather all the information that we can and make the best decision, not knowing what tomorrow could hold, right? Are you going to buy a house? Are you going to make an investment? Have you ever heard your investment guy say, well, nobody has a crystal ball, right? That's the one that all the real estate agents and everybody say, like, nobody has a crystal ball. They like to say, nobody has a crystal ball. I'm gonna do the best I can, but you know, God has access to all information and he knows all things that can be known. Nothing surprises him. When you get news that didn't go your way, it doesn't surprise God. When, you, when God grants something to you and then circumstances change it, you're like, why did God do that if this was gonna happen? You know what? He knew that this was gonna happen. He knew that you were gonna behave this way and he still granted it to you anyway. So there's never a time that God says, ooh, I wish I hadn't done that. I I, I think I made a mistake. God doesn't make a mistake because he he never changes his mind because of new information, even though we haven't done it yet. Does that make sense? He knew that, and he still decided to bless you or give you or, or allow you to go through a trial or whatever. In Psalm chapter 1, 139 verse 4, it says, Oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit down, you know when I rise up. You understand my thought from afar. You scrutinize my path and my lying down and are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Other scriptures say, you've heard it said, that he knows the hairs on our head, right? And so for some of us, that's easier than others. Can I get an amen? Okay, right? So he knows all things that can be known. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they knew that. They knew that God knew everything that could be known. God is omnipresent. That means that he is in all places at all times. God is the author of the book. He's outside of it. So uh, the way I illustrate it, it's a very rudimentary um, uh, illustration, but if God writes a book, right? If, somebody, if an author writes a book, they have the beginning They have the end all up in their mind. They write it down. They're outside of the book. You can turn to the front page and turn to the last page, and you can be right there at both the ending of the story and the beginning and the middle and every place in between all at the same time because you're not, like, bound by the book. Does that make sense? That's how God is kind of. He's outside of our clocks. He's outside of our universe Everything that we know to be time and space, he possesses it. He's out of it. He's other. He's transcendent. He's omnipresent. He's in all of those places at the same time. God is present here and somewhere else tomorrow and today. (laughs) Right? He's in all places at all times. That Psalm 139, a little later in that chapter, it says this. Where can I go to escape your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol or hell, you are there. If I fly on the wings of the dawn and settle down on the western horizon, even there, your hand will lead me. Your right hand will hold on to me. There is nowhere that you can go that God is not present. There is no space in your life that you can... uh, that you can be there for and God not also be there. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they knew that. They knew that if I'm in that fire, God will be there with me. They knew these things, that God was all-powerful and could do all things that could be done. He's omnipresent. He's in all places at all times. He's all-knowing. He's omniscient. He can know all things that can be known. They knew this about God, and so they said even if he doesn't save us from that, he can, we won't bow. God is self-existent. He doesn't need us for anything. He exists in his own self. He was always there. He always will be there. He doesn't need anything to sustain himself. He doesn't need our money he doesn't need our efforts. He doesn't, he, could, he doesn't need a mission team to go to France. He could send a blade of grass to France to do the work that he wanted to be done. But why, does, why do we send a mission team? Because he wants us. He doesn't need us. He wants us. The ones that he created in his image to accomplish his work. And he wants us a relationship with us. What a good God he is. Amen. In all of these things, God is something that, that theologians call, he is immutable. That means that he is unchangeable. James chapter one, verse seven, says that every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of lights who does not change like the shifting shadows. That means that God is Always good. He is always truth. He is always right. He is always holy. God is always love. He is always perfect. And these attributes are not affected by our circumstance whatsoever. No matter what we go through, it does not change. God's omnipotence, his omniscience, his omnipresence, his self-existence. He is immutable and unchangeable by us or by our circumstance or by the stock market or by the deep state or anybody else that you think of anything. God is unchanged by any of that. God is God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they knew that. But sometimes... We do go through difficulties on earth. Matthew chapter five, verse 45, says this, throw up on the screen here. It says, for he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. Sometimes good things happen to good people reality is none of us are good people. We're all ultimately evil. But sometimes good things happen to bad people. Sometimes things happen to us. And it, it, will, it could rain on us. The sun could shine on us. Sometimes, and if you're in the middle of the will of God, if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, you don't get a pass on that. If you've ever heard the story of John the Baptist, you know that he was born six months before Jesus was born. He was the one to prepare the way for the Messiah. And John the Baptist preached. He lived his life, a good life. And he preached the coming of Jesus. He was one that was like, he was up there as far as good dudes, right? And he was doing what God wanted him to do. And then he got put in jail. And he got put in jail. And somebody in the king's court wanted John the Baptist's head on a platter. And I bet that John was praying, God, I'm only like 31 years old or something like that. He was, he was, he was young and he was probably praying, I, there's so much more for me to do. I've given my whole life to you. Please let me out of jail so that I can do your work, so that I can preach your message, so that I can prepare the way for, for my cousin, for, for the, the Messiah, so that I can help your kingdom to come here on earth. Please God, deliver me from this prison. And you know what happened? They cut his head off. He was in the middle of the will of God. And it didn't quite work out for him. Where is he now? Ultimately, it did work out for him, right? As it will for all of us who put our faith in him. Things didn't get better for Jesus. Jesus was right in the middle of God's will. He said, not my will, but yours be done. Right in the middle of the will of the Father, and he went through the, the, the most heinous way to die a death on earth, ever. And he took on the, the, the weight of the sins of the world. And that was not easy for him. That was not what he preferred. He said, not my will, but your be done. I don't want to do this. If there's any other way for this cup to pass for me, let it go. Let me, let's, let's find some other way A lot of times I've heard people say, well, one of the safest places to be is in the will of God. That's not how it was for John the Baptist. It wasn't safe for Jesus. Being in the middle of the will of God is not the safest place to be. But it is the best place to be. It is the best place to be. Because God sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. We will go through hard times. Job. Well, you might not go through the, what, what happened to Job. Job uh, was tested by, uh, by God. The, the, the devil was allowed to, 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 to test him and to take away his things. And they took away everything, basically. His family, his, his, his uh, possessions, and everything. and Even his health. And in Job chapter 1, verse 21, it was like what he said at the end of it. Um, he said this. He goes, I came into the world with nothing. I will leave with nothing. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It means no matter what we go through, whether it rains on us or whether the sun is shining on us, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. No matter what you're going through, the name of the Lord is blessed. God might not take you out of the fire. He might let you walk through the fire, but he will either be with you in it or he'll carry you through it. No matter what comes our way, we know that God will be with us. The martyr Stephen, the first Christian martyr, he was standing up and preaching Jesus. And in AD 36, about there, about three years after Jesus died or so, somewhere around there, they stoned him. And Jesus showed up for him, but not in the way he wanted it to happen he saw Jesus in the clouds, ready to welcome him in to eternity. William Tyndale was in the will of God and he translated the scriptures from, from Latin into the language of the common people. And he brought the scriptures to the common people so they could read them and see all of the, all of the other stuff that was happening uh, that was apart from the scriptures. And the, the religious leaders captured him And they told him to recant. He said, I can't do that. I have to be true to the scriptures and let other people read them. And they burned him at the stake. He was in the middle of the will of God. And many of us, we all have the scripture in our language because of the way that he was a a pioneer into bringing the language to, to the people. And God used that. God didn't deliver him from the fire. Remember the Egyptian Coptic Christians in 2015 when ISIS was raging all over the place and, and they posted that video and they walked these guys out on the beach and they cut all their heads off. I bet you all of those guys prayed, God, please save us from this. And God didn't. And I believe that those guys, if their faith was in Jesus, that they're in heaven right now and their eternity is a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. And in a moment, they'll, they'll be like, whoop, it's, they're, in, they're in heaven. A lot of years ago, when I was in Fort Lauderdale, there was a family, a husband and a wife, and they had four daughters. And they got pregnant with a um, fifth daughter. And when the mom, Christina, had that fifth daughter, the baby, the baby was born. And they didn't know it, but she was bleeding, the mother Christina was bleeding on the inside. And she bled so much that she lost blood pressure to her brain. And she started to have all of the symptoms that went along with that. And while they were trying to test the brain activity and such, we were praying for her. We were praying that she would, um, that she would make it. And we prayed fervently. Our church prayed in our services We brought them forward. We put it on Facebook everywhere. We had people in countries all over the world praying for Christina. We prayed at our dinner table for Miss Christina. And I know that God can heal her. He can just breathe the breath of life into her and make her completely brand new. He can do that. And we prayed that he would with faith. Everybody, we just, we believed it. He didn't, she died. And those five little girls needed their mother. And the sovereignty of God, he chose to let that family walk through that fire, to carry them through that fire, to walk through it with them. And all that sounds a lot, maybe a bit extreme for what year 2024 is gonna look like, right? God doesn't want you to get divorced, He doesn't want you to experience heartache. God doesn't want you to go through medical trauma this year. He does want the best for you. He wants to bless you. He doesn't want you to have cancer. He doesn't want you to bury your children. He doesn't want you to lose your spouse. He doesn't want you to experience financial tragedy that might happen this year. God doesn't want you to go through the fire. He doesn't want you in the lion's den. But while you're in there, He'll use it. He'll teach you. He'll draw close to you. He won't leave you alone. He will reveal himself to you. When we read the Bible, it's not just an empty book. He joins us, He reveals himself to us. He will transform you into something better. He'll show you his ways. He'll make you stronger. He will carry you. He'll speak to you. He is still good. He's still loving. He still knows everything. He's still holy. He's still in all places at all times. He still forgives us no matter what you go through. What a good God he is. That he loves us. That he's not far away and sleeping in a galaxy other than here. But he is here And he is with us. But we don't know what tomorrow's gonna hold. Maybe a banner year for all of us, right? And if it is, and I hope it is, if it's fantastic for you, don't take that blessing for granted. Use it. Don't coast on the straightaway into the finish line. This is not like... the the blessings that we have in this place. This is not a club for us to come and be members and get our green jacket and get discounts at the bookstore and sit and drink our coffee. Not in the sanctuary though, of course. (laughs) All right, and sit and drink our coffee in the atrium and just enjoy the air conditioning that God has provided. This is a hospital for sinners. We need to have people in here because they're out there. We need to invite people here. We need to care for them. We need to take advantage of the blessings that God has given us to use it for his glory. He wants us to be uncomfortable because when we're uncomfortable, we're hungry and we're looking around and we're watching for where he's moving and what he's doing. But if 2024 doesn't go like you think it should, Will you be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who said, even if he doesn't save me like I think he should, I'm not gonna bow down. I'm gonna continue to worship you. I'm gonna continue to love you. My faith is gonna be strong because you're always all-knowing, all-powerful, in all places, at all times, self-existent, loving, good, holy, wonderful God. What a good God he is, what a good God he is. This morning, <clears throat> hearing these messages, you may think, I wanna know that God better. I wanna have a relationship with God. If you've never begun a relationship with God, I wanna invite you, come right down forward during this next song and come talk to me about it. I'll help you. I'll help you with your first steps. Maybe you wanna recommit your life to him and say, you know what? Whatever's gonna happen this year, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I need to start fresh. I need to recommit my, uh, reestablish and recommit my faith to him. If you wanna do that, come and, come and tell me or tell somebody, else, tell somebody else that's on your pew, on your, on your row. Maybe you wanna come here and join our church. Maybe you wanna take a step forward and become baptized. Maybe you just wanna come and pray. And you can do that up here or you can do that at your seat. But as we sing this last song, I pray that you won't walk away from God's word unchanged, but that you'll walk away from here closer to the Lord. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. You didn't just leave us here alone to figure things out. You gave us your word to reveal yourself to us so that we could see you, so that we could know you, so that we could walk through this life with confidence, knowing that you're with us. But Lord, even if things don't go how we think it should, even if you don't show up in our lives like we think you should, We trust you because you are sovereign and you are good and you are holy. There is no God like you. So Lord, I pray that you will draw us close to yourself. Bring us in so that we can shine your light to a world that needs you. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll be down at the front if God is leading you to move.
1: Let's stand together, please, as we close.
2: Sing together. I need thee every hour. I need, I need.
1: take the time that we've spent today together and around your word. Father, I pray that you would move deeply inside each of us, and as we look at the turning of this year, that we would continue and rededicate ourselves, recommit ourselves to seeking you, seeking your face, seeking your favor, seeking your will as we move forward into this next year. Father, we do so, and we do so with confidence because you are a God who never changes, because you are a God whom we can trust. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, Encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word.